Welcome to Live Action Star Wars. I'm James. I'm Ralph. And today we are talking about Secrets of the Force, Secrets of the Force Awakens, a cinematic journey. A mouthful of a title for a documentary. <laughs> the title that says nothing. Yeah, really. It's just words. It's got like it's yeah. behind the scenes of Force Awakens. Making of the Force Awakens. That's what this is. Right. They try to make it so like well, I guess I mean we hadn't had Star Wars in like ten years, so yeah. let's let's make it sound intriguing. I'll see it it come bit. out by then. Yeah, yeah. Like the only thing the 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 secrets of the Force Awakens only really alludes to like the opening montage of everyone, which is super cute. I I thought that was yeah. a really nice way of opening it, and it does sort of. There was that whole thing around the force awakens obviously like the prequels are coming out the internet was there people were talking about it there was terrible like fake leak websites like super shadow existed back in like the early 2000s mm -hmm. and there was definitely that but in the 2010s everyone's online everyone's on yeah. reddit and twitter and stuff like that spoilers are rampant so i feel like it's like and people just weren't allowed to say anything about this film and so yeah that opening montage where we get everyone just be like oh can i can i talk about that am i allowed to say that am i allowed to talk about this it's it is cute and it's so crazy to think in like 2005 uh starwars.com had their they had a camera Webcam. set up behind the scenes daily yep the hyperspace what well, was it hyperspace members like the the, the fan club yeah. essentially yeah yeah i i was on that i, I used to yeah, I have my card somewhere, probably. But yeah, I used to go and just check out the web the webcam, and you'd see some stuff on there sometimes. It was wild. It's it's one of those things. I think like everyone talks about George being like progressive and pushing like cinema forward, but he's right. a tech nerd. He loves all that stuff. Yeah, there, there's a line in here where someone I don't know who it is, a producer or somebody says. Mm that they had to shoot this on film because Star Wars is shot is always shot on film. And I'm like, <laughs> no, it hasn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, like two classic, whole movies that weren't <laughs> classic, like original trilogy Star Wars was, but what else were you going to yeah. do? Um, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lucha Johnny's here. Hi, Lucha Johnny. How you doing? Streamyard's here as well. Um, hey, Streamyard. We haven't said hello to Streamyard in a few weeks, I think. I feel don't like want to, we don't want to leave. forever. Yeah. Um, we did la We talked last week. Stevie, um, hey Stevie. Oh, Stevie, shut up. Um, God, it seems like it was forever ago since we talked about Indiana Jones. I had a yeah. long week, dude. Yeah, you were at Comic Con all last week, week, right? Not all last week. I was also well, in LA, in LA doing, well. doing some shoe. Yeah, doing both. But um, but yeah, I I think it's because we haven't talked about Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I think that's it. Like I was thinking this as we were doing the intro and where we're in the off season where you and I will like, we only have like basically one pick a month pretty much. Um, yeah. And it just feels like forever before you have to take the lead on an episode. It's, it does like, it's weird. Off season's weird. Right. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> but so uh, for those of you who want a double dose of us this week, Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. Um, we'll be not talking about Star Wars on Friday. Yep. Uh, uh, oh, and Jeremy just showed up. Um, he's well, very excited it. because our other podcast, Invincipod, is back. Um, do I have a banner for that? 
I don't think I have a, oh, I do have a better for that. Oh, look at I that. mean, this, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was thinking about this when I was just jumping into the, the stream room. Like, we, we both still have our, like, app handles on there, but I feel like that's just because you can find us at almost any social that we use under those. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not yeah. specifically for Twitter, RIP. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I sent you a, I sent you a, a Blue Sky invite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I, I've been kind of just waiting for that so that I can just kind of wean myself off of using Twitter. I've still got right. it. I still sort of look at it, but I, I think yeah. any new posting, anything that I want to just chat fun- shit about is just going to be over on Blue Sky. I, think. Uh, uh, I get two, or I get one mm-hmm. invite code every two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I've been on it for a month, so I've only I've only given out two. Um, Very privileged to being yeah. so because I was like I was like you're gonna use it. Yeah, I think that's it. You're I, I use it. I said to a friend of mine, I was like, look, when I get mine, it'll probably be a few weeks or something before I get an invite code. Um, like, do you want it? Will you make use of it? Like, everyone will be yeah. on there eventually, I think. But like, will right. you make use of it? And it, I think that's the thing: it's finding people that want to be and, in and anybody who thinks feet. if anyone out there thinks that like blue sky is this magical place where everybody cool is hanging out there's like no one over there yeah yeah there's it's super really quiet. not a lot of people it's, it's like super, any super it's quiet. like it's like hive and and uh, i'm on hive jeremy kelly just mentioned hive uh i'm on mastodon and, uh, like like all of those places there's nobody there's yeah. like it's, you just you just okay i, I just give up uh, Blue Sky is the same thing. It's the exact mm-hmm. same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in two weeks, you'll get an invite code. And then in another two weeks, I'll get another invite code. So every two weeks, you get an invite code. Um, and so it's just like slowly. Today, I had like a weird influx of people that I was like, oh, they're on here. They started following oh, that's cool. me. Oh, that's nice. Um, it's... But it's still like, I, there's like I, I think there's like 23 people that follow me or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's tiny. It's, but... Yeah. It does remind me of like when I first signed up for Twitter in like 2008 or whatever it was, where it's like yeah. you you find the people, you start engaging with people, and it it grows. And yeah. you know, I hope I hope that this one does take off because so far I really enjoy it. It's it's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. As you you said, it's like everyone just seems cool over there. Everyone just seems chill. <laughs> it's nice. nice. Yeah. There's and I'm sure that like as it, as it as it grows like they will leak in but for now we'll enjoy it yeah there'll there'll be an a-hole that shows up and pretty much everybody is like jumps on and says no you're not welcome here yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, that'd be nice yeah yeah but it's kind of cool because like uh uh the few people that are on there are really engaging um Mm -hmm. I asked Neil Gaiman a question and Neil Gaiman would never respond to me anywhere else, but he answered my question. I was like, Oh, great. That's great. Thanks. That's really, really cool. I just, yeah. I just had a question and he was at, be able to ask me. Uh, Robert Kirkman did not reply to us because we're hoping, I was hoping maybe using blue sky to get him. He's not on there that much, but I was hoping to get him on Friday's show. Uh, but Ryan Otley and Corey, Corey Walker are now. So maybe I'll reach out oh, to awesome. them. Who knows? Yeah. That'd be really cool. I saw pictures of Ryan Otley at Comic-Con this weekend dude's got in shape like i was looking back yeah. at a picture of when i met him in like 2009 and stuff it doesn't look bad at all but now yeah. he looks like ripped he looks like he's been hitting the gym hard it's like I think I got... hold on I... there it is that's an oddly picture i think i got in 2009 one there and one there yeah <laughs> yeah yeah in 2009 both of them 2009. does he still do commissions i don't know if he does i well, i mean he was doing some oh, like you... stuff 
but I don't. So know. then I have the the cricket, which is a character I designed, uh, uh, done by Joelle Jones, mm-hmm. and I absolutely adore her work. And she's blown up. Uh, there's yeah. a new documentary about uh, DC, the history of DC, and she's like all over that. She's cool. like designed the new Wonder, not Wonder Woman. It's Wonder Girl. Okay new costume and like it's it's similar to how like i was a big fan of and then became friends with uh dave lafuente who did some uh ultimate spider-man back in the day and then did a bunch of that sort of era of stuff and he's done loads of indie books and stuff since but it's just like whenever i see ultimate spider-man or some early miles morales stuff and considering how big miles morales is now i'm just like you you were there, like at the yeah. the impetus of this. It was you and Bendis who were doing this stuff. Like, is that's great? Yeah. I love that stuff. He's yeah. a cool dude. Yeah, I like I like that. I like following careers. I didn't mm-hmm. realize I was it's following nice. careers until, yeah, until they start blowing up. Yeah, that's yeah. it. You just think like these are cool, yeah. nice, friendly people, and then they get really successful, and it's like that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. 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 Um. I mean, we've been following Star Wars since. Well, it had already blown up by the time I was I was there. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't. I, I didn't follow. It kind of blew up straight away, Empire. so we can't really we can't really <laughs> say that we were there from from the jump with Star Wars. But right. Um, right. When was the last time you saw this documentary? I assume that you have seen it before. Uh, I probably watched it a dozen times when I got the when I got it on. Uh, I think I got the three D Blu Ray. Oh wow. Because mm-hmm. I had a 3D TV at the time, since sold that off. But I would watch it a lot because uh, it was at a time where Star Wars was gone for ten years. Yeah, and so you you try to find as much Star Wars as you can get. Mm-hmm. And when you know you have behind the scenes stuff, and it's in you know HD, and it looks yeah. great, and mm-hmm. it's like. I just want to watch it over and over again because, you know, you end up watching the movie a ton of times. You see it a couple of times in the theater. You watch a bunch on DVD or whatever. And then it's like, you know, the movie is just like, yeah, now you want the rest. Now you get to see like the behind the scenes stuff. The shot. I, I thought this was the documentary where um, John Williams gave Daisy Ridley the sheet music that he wrote race theme on. Oh, I know that shot. I can see that. Yeah. But I think that was a different ancillary thing on the it might be like an iTunes the exclusive music. or it's somewhere. It's like the the yeah. The it might be music. like about the music sort of thing. Yeah, because there's not yeah. like, he's in this. He pops up in this, but he's not in it that much. I think he's got like two weirdly, weirdly doesn't talk a lot about the making of the movie. Like it's there's behind the scenes, but it's mostly people talking about what Star Wars means to them and mm. and how excited they are to to be in the movie. But it's... they're they're not like they show a little bit of Maz Kanata with the dots and the yeah. and the motion capture, but they don't really get into like how do they do BB eight? How is what is Bill Hader and Ben Schwartz involvement with that? Not like, even mentioned. It's not yeah. really that mm-hmm. kind of making of. It's like, oh, here's here's Dennis Muren. We all love Dennis Muren, and Dennis Muren's mm-hmm. like, I've been working on these for a long time, and then it's kind uh, of like the grandfather around here this. now. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, there's not a lot of like, this is what it's, it takes to build this. It's a weird thing. one because in like up until sort of the mid two thousands, when DVDs were in their their prime, we'd get mm-hmm. these amazing hour plus long 
really in-depth documentaries i feel like and that was like the era of uh director's commentaries being at the forefront as well like that was a great time for behind the scenes and that sort of trickled down and trickled down and trickled down to like featurettes five minute puff piece featurettes that would focus on one thing you'd maybe get three or four of those on a disc okay that's what you got this documentary is kind of in between it's it's an hour just over an hour long uh, but yeah. and it does go to every one of those little things that you're talking about but never really spends that long on each of them it doesn't go right. deep on any of them and it's one of those things where i'm like that's okay like we know this stuff is i doubt there's going right. to be much new that they can tell us but right. it's i'm just like i I, as a diehard fan, I always want like the, like, I think the, the main, the one that everyone talks about is like the appendices from the Lord of the Rings extended editions as being like yeah. the best, the best behind those the scenes documentaries. Nuts. And they, I mean, they're as long, if not longer than those extended edition movies. Right. And they are super in depth on every little thing. It's amazing. And so, of yeah. course, as diehard Star Wars fans, we want that for Star Wars, but I thought this was really good. I thought it was really nice. I loved seeing the excitement on everyone. That's what it was about. And I think coming back back when I was watching it on the Blu-ray, I was getting excited about that. I feel like watching it now, I wasn't as excited about watching this. Like as it was happening, I wasn't as excited because I'm like, we've spent the last like eight years watching people being excited about being in star wars and it's like oh i kind of want to know like get the nuts and bolts so at the time it was great now mm -hmm. it's like i i i know (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) we all were but i don't know it took me back it took me back eight nine years to like i i remember specifically where i was when i saw the news about the sale and everything and that from that day onwards until the force awakens released like it was amazing. It was such a great time. It was like 98 into 99 again, like that run up into a new Star Wars after so long. It was it was a cool, cool time to be a Star Wars fan. Um, I remember seeing the trailer. I was at my sister-in-law's house in a bunk bed, I believe. I believe oh, wow. I was on the top, top bed of a bunk bed. <laughs> and I popped on my phone and I was like, oh, oh okay yeah. and i just like watched it it was just the one where it was like it's like a Finn minute long. Pops up. yeah it pops up bb8's rolling and like that one mm-hmm. there's been and, an awakening uh, it made me it. it made me want to watch force awakens uh because it's been a while like and yeah. it's fun watching this after seeing this trilogy complete yes that is the most interesting thing about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think for me, the most fascinating thing is the table read, mm-hmm. or I guess they're not a table, but the reading of the script, the read through, yeah, where, where Mark Hamill reads the final lines of the script and says something to the effect of, uh, of it's her seeing Luke's finding Luke Skywalker, and it's a it's the promise of an adventure to begin or something like mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, that's, that's the thing yeah. where there's, there's this like promise to adventure. Like we're like, here we go. Yeah. But JJ didn't have 
that. And I know we're going to get into this at some point eventually. Uh, Ryan Johnson versus J.J. Abrams. Mm. And, you know, J.J. set up this thing with very specific things, I I believe, in mind. But that didn't carry over to the next one. But Ryan Johnson picked up the pieces and was like, okay. Um, See, this uh, is why I don't think he had specific things in mind. If he did, they were only in mind. He didn't have them anywhere else. Um, And so, yeah, Ryan sort of left with a bag with nothing in it that he can see that he's allowed to see and he's like uh okay i guess i'll put my stuff in this bag then but that's the fun thing about this this perspective of being 2015 is seeing how stoked john boyag is to be in star wars love it love seeing him and 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 you just see him now and it's like something in there happened and it kind of makes you broke him like super bummed Mm. um adam driver Mm. talking about how he's not a bad guy he doesn't he doesn't think any bad guy's a bad guy his his, right thing he's he's his actually struggle to find it to to find where he's how he's got to play it yeah and them all talking about and like Gwendolyn Christie talking about how excited she is about this character Phasma. And it's one of those things where you're just like, like they were all excited about this movie. She can barely contain herself. She can't get a sentence out without bursting into giggles. Uh, Like just the fact that she's there. Yeah. And just like the, the, this promise of, because force awakens is great. I like force awakens a lot. Yeah. And just this sort of like, we're all happy this turned out. We're all happy the way it's going. And this is terrific. And everyone's great. And JJ's great. Everybody's great. Uh, Lucas is like Kathleen Kennedy is the way to go. And this movie is wonderful. And then you look at today and you're like, man, I wish I could go back to 2015. when Right. Everyone seemed happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I mean, it was 2015. So, I feel so like there was a couple of big bum, things yeah. happening in 2016 that sort of kind of ruined a lot of the world. And it just seemed to yeah. sour everything, like both continents. Just, yeah, it just kind of bums me out. Like uh, just seeing it now, seeing their excitement now, um, watching it, just like, you guys don't know. You guys don't know. No, no one knows what's going to happen. No. Um, and I, I have nothing against Ryan Johnson. I think he, he took the series. He, he, he pivoted off of force awakens was, which was a really safe movie, which yeah. I think it had to be after the prequels. Yeah. After the prequels, people, it was prequels were pretty divisive. Mm-hmm. And so and in, even like, in 2015, people weren't like they were coming around on it. Clone Wars had had its run, but like yeah. they weren't as hot on them as they are now. Like the, yeah. The, the Gen Z and late, like younger millennials like weren't as hot on it. It was still like that sour taste. There was a sour taste from yeah. a lot of Star Wars fans. Yeah. So they played it kind of safe. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of people uh, after the fact started complaining that it was just a remake of Star Wars, which, you know, uh, I'll take There's elements. Star Wars any way I can. Yeah. Yeah. The, there are definitely the elements poetry. But... It did. It did make me think like the whole it's poetry, it rhymes is fucking bullshit and just lazy. Uh, I, I see a lot of posts on Twitter and Instagram and stuff of where someone will take a frame from one Star Wars movie and put mm. it next to a frame from a different Star Wars thing. Uh, the latest one I saw was like 
Kylo Ren standing in front of, um, no, it was Luke Skywalker standing in front of Kylo Ren's AT-ATs from, from the Rise oh, yeah. of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then an image from the Clone War of Anakin standing in front of some big tanks and stuff. And the two shots were similar and stuff. And I'm like, it's like poetry. It rhymes. No, it's copycat. It's, 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 <laughs> taking, it's, it's doing a thing that's safe. And yeah. easy. And the one thing you got to hand to Ryan Johnson was he took a swing. And yeah, I, I love it. Really like I really like big swings in Star Wars. Um, uh, the only the only, I think the the main problem was was that Ryan Johnson left it in a real crazy place when he was done, where he just had a Millennium Falcon uh, worth of rebels yeah. and uh, Kylo Ren. Uh, uh, killing Snoke and Luke it's a, Skywalker it's dead. It's such a tough it's, place to. It's, it's such a tough yeah. place to leave the movie. But I feel like both of them kind of had that. This one, this yeah. Force Awakens, to an extent, because you're literally left on the cliffhanger with on a cliff. Um, but it's not quite as. I mean, it's in a weird way. Right, uh, Last Jedi is more of an ending because everyone's off on their own teams but it's still like thematically tonally story-wise it's left on more of a cliffhanger whereas this is literally a we need to pick up the next moment um they they're both such odd endings because they're not endings um and i i love both movies i love i i really like all three movies like but i was thinking about this and it's the same with I, I saw, um, uh, I think it was Royal Farmboy on Twitter, one of our, our friends um, on mm-hmm. Twitter, because um, we do still use the live action Star Wars Twitter. Um, right. Uh, he was posting, he's like, I don't rank or rate Star Wars. Like, like, but if you ask me what my most recent, what my favorite Star Wars is, it's always going to be the one that I read or watched the most recently. So right. for me at the moment, it's Rise of Skywalker and or and uh, <laughs> the Revenge of the Sith novelization. I'm like, that's yeah. great. That's such a good like because I kind of feel that same way. It's like it's always the one that I just watched because I had yeah. such a fun time watching it or yeah. reading it or listening to it. Like it's it's always that way. Yeah, um, and as, as there's there, I think there's more stuff I like in the Last Jedi than I don't like. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. There's things and, that I don't like about all three of them. This one weirdly probably the least, but because it's the safest. It doesn't take as many big swings. So there's probably, it's probably got the one that I like the, like the stuff that I like the least, the least amount of it. I don't know what I'm saying, but um, (laughs) I know what you mean. Yeah. It's it's got the least, the least offensive. It is the least offensive, but it's also the safest. Whereas the other two do stuff and not all of it lands for me, but when it does, it really does. It's fun because it's watching when you see like Mark Hamill talk about, the character Luke Skywalker in this and where he's going to go in the next one. He doesn't know when he's talking about this one. And I I feel like what Ryan Johnson did was the best thing he could have with the character. It's the most interesting thing. If, if, if Luke was still like, uh, uh, optimistic farm boy then the, what it's not what was he doing there in the first great. place then like exactly it's great to see him broken and yeah. then at the end of it become that spark uh, it would have been nice to see him become that spark in the third movie like maybe if he saved that 
for the yeah. third movie. But at the same time, like he does, it's such like I almost wish not that I wish Rise of Skywalker wasn't there, but I wish the Last Jedi story bled into the Rise so, of Skywalker a little bit more. I remember after because they talked about this where how JJ was apprehensive to come on in this one in the first place, and I remember mm-hmm. like I was following every bit of news. Uh, slashfilm.com was great for coverage of this at the time, um, and every last little bit of information and at first it was like they were clearly they clearly wanted jj from the jump like he was their number one makes sense makes absolutely makes sense he was the perfect guy at the perfect time for it um he i think turned it down at first i don't they don't really go into saying that he yeah that's the thing they don't go into that stuff but he did like he did turn it down it was officially not him for a brief period of time and then it was him and then we had the Michael Arndt and then not Michael Arndt, um, which they talked about in this. I thought that was a nice way of covering the fact that, yeah, no, he left the project. Um, yeah. And and then, so I remember then, and then uh, before this film even came out, we had the announcement of Ryan Johnson doing the next one. And at the time, like after this came out, it was a case of, yeah, Ryan is writing and directing nine, uh, eight, and he's potentially writing nine as well but maybe won't be directing it yeah and i think that that would have probably benefited if he'd been able to write because as that's been something you've said again and again is that there's too much movie in the last jedi because he he had i feel like he yeah because he had one i felt like he had he 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 thought he had one shot to make a star wars and he's been a star wars fan his entire life um he's a couple years older than me so he probably saw the original in the theater uh grew up loving these movies mm-hmm. has has inner fan fiction in his head for you know 40 years and then it's like oh i get to make one here's yeah. everything i want to ever see in a star wars movie in one thing yeah and it's like it might be too much for a star war for, for one, one singular star, star war yeah, yeah 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 um i, I feel yeah, like, i, I almost feel like i would like instead of the force awakens if Ryan Johnson did all three, I'd love that. I think because be cool. I feel like you could see where I think I like where he's going with Luke, and I think that you could have just spread that out over over three and made a I really do. compelling. And movie. I think um, like the the relationship and then the the turn of uh, Kylo and um, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Andy Circus, um, Snoke, Snoke. Thank you. Um, and I think. Yeah, Kino, yeah. Um, I I feel like we could have seen more of that play out. I really like the way it's done in The Last Jedi, but I feel like if that had been given more time, that would have been cool to see. Um, right. I think if either of them had been able to do all three films, I think we would have had more yeah. cohesion. That's, I mean, that yeah. is, and that is the biggest criticism that I will always have for this trilogy, is the, the cohesion isn't there. It is, it's right. just not... There is there right. is definitely through lines that play out through all of them, and I really enjoy that. Uh, I think Ray's character has done great; like her progression all the way through is is solid. But as a cohesive story, it would have been nicer if at least one of them had written or had been in the room for all three of them. I think, right? Um, yeah, it just needed that that level. Um, but there's there's the people that were involved in this were great and it it was very much a 
a handing of the reins over to a new generation in every respect. Mm-hmm. Like you had, you had the actors were all there. Like sometimes it was a metaphorical because they were still going to return. So like Mark Hamill barely in the movie, but he was there throughout the process. He was there for right. the whole thing. Carrie Fisher considers herself the custodian of of Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, she's great. I she's so she's one of the best interviews ever. Right, like Carrie. the fact that she's just like. They came to me and I was like, oh, why didn't you do this 10 years ago? I looked so much better 10 years ago. <laughs> and it's like, they were just asking for her to do a little sit down interview. And right. she's like, I got bits. I got bits. I can come with yeah. some zingers here. Like <laughs> she's, yeah. she's on all the time and she's great. And then Harrison yeah. as well. Like it's that he's, he's very honest <laughs> about like, if they'd come to me 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I wouldn't have done it. I didn't want to do this anymore. By the time we got to Jedi, I didn't want to do this. And he doesn't. Right. He doesn't hold back, but he's so, like, he's found so here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing with Harrison Ford. He talks about pretty much any interview that's brought Star Wars is brought up. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care. He's like, I don't know what the fuck a force ghost is. Like all that stuff. Harrison Ford and Star Wars. He doesn't he plays, give a shit. He plays his own Star character Wars. though. He definitely leans into his character. But there's two interviews about these fucking toggle switches in the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> yes. Harrison Ford brings it up and the dude who was putting together the set. Uh, clearly they talked to the dude who was putting together the set first. And he's like, yeah, I ran into Harrison Ford. He's bitching about there's no spring and the toggle switches because the movie was so cheap. So you're telling me that Harrison Ford doesn't give a shit about star Wars, but remembers that the talk was detail oriented enough to, to remember that yep. when you flip the switch up, it slides back down. Mm-hmm. And that got under his skin after all these years that that he, he didn't care about Star Wars, but he loves the Millennium Falcon so much and every detail of it yep. that the switches better work. And I'm like, what? Yeah, which where's is it? which? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's such a weird detail. Like Harrison or uh, Mark Hamill knows like oh, Gamora yeah, guards. He's, and he knows he's, everything about yeah. Star Wars. And and maybe he just he wants to just like Star Wars. Maybe yeah. maybe Harrison Ford just wants to like Star Wars without being bothered about it. I think that's what it is. But, he, he's very proud of what he's done. He's very happy. But with if what he he's gets done. triggered, he doesn't want to have to talk about it with every person ever. Completely understand that. So he's like, you know what? I can have fun with this. I can lean into it. So I'm just gonna make people think they hate this and I'm going to be a grump. And then that's just expanded. And that's like Harrison's a grump, but you could see him perk up. Yeah. When the toggle switches are brought up. Uh Uh-huh. Or when he's like, he's he's talking about Peter Mayhew and he's like, dear sweet Peter and everything. Like he's, he and, and Mark and Carrie, like he loves these guys. He loves being around them. You can see it. But I want to know why that triggered him. It's great. I, I, it's such a cool, weird little detail. They didn't have a budget for good toggle switch. Like, he loves that ship. He loves yeah. that ship. Watching him, that's the that, pilot that shot him? of him. That's the fact that he is now like a, a pilot. He's used to, you know, having. No, it could know. be. Could be something that he know, just like, such a weird... like later in life when he was learning to fly and things. Like he might have just been like, those fucking switches on that in that cockpit. Because you got to think that maybe the the Falcon cockpit was probably his first cockpit, and then since then he's he wanted, been in a ton of them. He wanted Han Solo to die in '83. He was yeah. done with it, but 
but he still was so focused on that one stupid thing. Like I wonder, <laughs> I need to, we need to find out what other things he's hung up on with star Wars because he was so, it was, it felt like the most, what Harrison Ford is really like in conversation mm-hmm. as opposed to his grouchy persona. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jeremy, like his Conan O'Brien interview and like Jeremy Conan will say something here. that'll get him out um, of his. It, he was a carpenter back then as well. So he was probably like, it wouldn't take much. I could put in a fucking spring right now. Let me do it. But he doesn't care though. He's, he's said for years, he's, I don't give a shit. <laughs> but he does. I think he does. But he does about bit. that. I think he does about certain things. Um, and I think he is to a point he's protective. Like he, he wanted Harrison. He wanted Han Solo to die, and he clearly was like, "I'll come back, but you got to give me a, the right send off in this one." Um, but I think he, that's the thing. He wanted the right send off. He didn't want it to be off screen. Right. He could have easily been like, "No, not for anything in the world. Like, I, like have me be dead. Have uh, kill me off off screen." But he's like, he knows, and he cares enough, yeah. and he. I think he. Despite the fact that he doesn't want to be bothered by the fans, he knows how much it means to people to see him, and I think he cares about that um, enough. Was, At least he that, does now. Yeah. Was that line just, Chewie were home in the teaser? Was it was in the tea, one of the first teaser. It, I don't know if it was in the first teaser. I think the first teaser ends with the Falcon like boom, like going up. Oh, like, then going episode. upside down, and yeah. yeah. Whereas okay. the the main like the first trailer has the cheering yeah. home. Cause like that, that shot, the shot where he's back in the millennium Falcon for the first time, which I'm wondering, I'm wondering if that was an actual reaction. Mm. If they set up Maybe. cameras and said, you're coming into the cockpit for the first time. And I wonder if they just started rolling or before they took him into the set. Yeah, Cause he maybe. does look around at those fucking toggle switches he does, and, uh, and then smiles. And I'm like, it could be a genuine reaction. Yeah. There's a I'd couple like of like would be. extended bits of scenes that we do see in this documentary as well, that I thought were interesting. One is obviously we're used to Finn popping up um, as his, like when he lands on Jakku, we don't see him in the, his crash seat, mm-hmm. but they shot that they shot him like in his thing where he like landed, obviously. Um, yeah. And the other one is we do see Han hanging the dice back up on the Falcon, uh, which I was yeah. like, that's really interesting. Knowing some behind the scenes stuff about um, Solo and because the dice were featured in The Last Jedi, they they did reshoots uh, with Solo when they were doing all the, the reshoots for Solo. There was a lot of time. Ed has told me about it. They There were so many dailies that he had to trawl through of just close-ups of those fucking dice. And he's just like, those dice, man. They spent so much time on those dice. And it's like, it's one of those details. That I don't think Harrison Ford really cared about the dice, but they are a prop that people care about. Like, they are something yeah. that everyone has glommed onto for so many years. So but I like, they I had like him that because... hanging them back up. Right. And what I like about Solo is... Like he, he doesn't always keep the dice up there, which no. me, which makes sense why they're not up there in the rest of the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he usually keeps them in his pocket, but sometimes he puts them up there. I don't know. I don't know what when he decides to do that. But, I think um, it's it's. I, I, I would have, yeah, I in story you could sort of say it's maybe it's something like that's when that's his home. 
So for there probably was a time, maybe when it got stolen, um, mm. it wasn't home. He probably had an apartment with Leia and baby Ben like at the time or something. Mm. So it's when he considers that to be his home is when they're there. Yeah. Something like that. It's it's easily easily written into a book or something if someone wanted to yeah. do it. Um I I thought that was really nice. It was I always enjoy seeing Harrison Ford interacting with Chewie, whether it's Peter Mayhew or Junus. Um, because again, it seems like he's got an affection for the character. I, yeah. And it's like he I mean, could treat it like like his dog sort of thing. Like I'm sure that in his mind he's like it's one man and his dog. He did that. He did the a Call of the Wild movie a few years ago. Like he does. <laughs> I, I must love dogs. Like yeah, the uh, um, when you go to Galaxy's Edge, the Chewbacca there doesn't look right. Mm, it just pictures. doesn't look right, but it's still really exciting. Yeah, because you because you you're like that's just Chewbacca. I accept. This is Chewbacca. So for him being on set with the real Chewbacca again yeah. after, you know, 40 years or something like that, a little bit less than that. Um, it's like whether it's Peter Mayhew or Janus, Janus, it's probably, um, I don't know. It's probably exciting because um, everybody, every time you see a behind the scenes thing where they're talking about Chewbacca, everybody's hugging Chewbacca. Always, always. Um, seeing Junus in this was fun because we, I mean, we've talked about it a lot. Everyone's talked yeah. about how Junus has done such a good job, like filling those he, boots, and he's brilliant. He's so got the walk him, down. <laughs> he's got the walk. He's got the head like twitches, and he, he, seeing him in this, where he's really young, and he's like, he's he's not officially Chewy. He's the Chewy no. stand-in mm-hmm. uh, in this movie. Yeah, he gets like a way um, later credit. Mm-hmm. It's um, like top billing in Solo by the time it gets to there exactly he's yeah. he's he's very much in now like but peter and it's nice it's a nice handoff to have it be peter mayhew was this his, peter's last one i think it was yes. wasn't it yeah. yeah um but to see the way that junus is so happy to to learn from the way that he moves the way he just tilts and yeah. the way he talks he does he does the noise really well like it's i'm sure that all of that's yeah. like added later as well but it's, yeah, because Chewie's always given dialogue in the scripts. Exactly. He's, he says stuff. Um, and mm. Peter Mayhew delivers those lines on set, which was so good. Um, mm. But to see him learning is is lovely. And and having Peter sort of like talk about that, how he's just like, I, I enjoyed teaching this guy that. Mm. He's like, he's a little bit shorter than I was, but, you know, the, it's close enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought that was really nice. Yeah. Um, on the behind the scenes front, yeah, seeing like Larry Kasdan's there, obviously writing the script. Um, Dennis Murren, Phil Tippett talking, like Phil Tippett talking about the chessboard. Like it's it's one of those like cute moments where I was like, all right, it doesn't need to be the exact moment, but because that was a Phil Tippett idea, I'm like, that's cool. I like it. Good for yeah. you, Phil. I'm glad that you got to play with your toys again. Like, and he was crotchety about it and. <laughs> He's didn't like, give the characters names he's like when this big guy hits that big guy now it's this guy's turn it's like it's perfect he's great um you watch yeah. poker face i still haven't seen it no i i want Get, to I'll check out poker face poker face i highly recommend it mm-hmm. speaking I've of got Ryan it. johnson yeah uh there's an episode where nick nolte plays mm-hmm. a phil tippet essentially he plays phil tippet yeah yeah yeah. came uh, out the same week as that phil tippet movie as well like that episode wasn't it or something right. like something really like close that. to it it's like so weird 
they use Phil Tippett maquettes and models and stuff. Yeah. And he was on the set it as was, a consultant. And... It was, that was last summer, wasn't it? I think. And it was just like, there was a weird yeah. like month of Phil Tippett where we had some light and magic like, episodes light that magic, were really, yeah. really focused on him. His new movie yeah. and then that Poker Face episode. I was like, is, is the Phil Tippett <laughs> Like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> but it's great. Uh, it's, it's, it's I so love great. to see it. And seeing them uh, when they open up the archives and they walk through and you're like, oh, okay, cool, right? So there's Doug Chang, there's Matthew Wood, there's Kathy Kennedy, there's there's Larry, there's there's Phil Tippett, and they're like, as um it was it was Dennis Murin's like quite up front and he's so tall you can't miss him. And then Phil Tippett's just like in the bag, just like walking through, just like, Yeah, fucking back here again. <laughs> it's like <laughs> but knowing knowing like how close Phil and Dennis he's, have always been is just like yeah, it's great. It's he's so good. like Harrison Ford though. Like he's behind the scenes Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um it's it's great. And but yeah, seeing those generations of guys like all still there. Like you had the original trilogy yeah. folks who have been there for the whole time. And then you had the guys who came on during the prequels, like Doug Chang and Matthew Wood. Yeah. Um, and they are now in the sort of the executive positions. They were working their yeah. way up to it during the prequels. And it's now their show and the elder statesmen are like, there is consulting, which is, yeah. it's cool. It's a generational thing. I think that's one of the things I love about Lucasfilm is that, yes, there's a lot of new blood there, but it's still, there are some of those guys who are, generational and it does go yeah. through it's it's old school sort of studio yeah yeah it's fun it's fun um there was a scene when they were talking about set design uh, there was a line and J- it was jj that said it uh and i really enjoyed it they're talking about building the falcon and the they're talking about how they gotta make it right because uh, the line was the scene is not going to be good just because it's there and I thought that was really interesting because so much of the criticism of all of these films is it's just style over substance. It's like you've put it there and it's the 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 member berries, isn't it? It's the, hey, look, it's Ooh. the Falcon. You love the Falcon, member. Um, whereas it's now it's like they didn't have that in mind. Like it might have diluted to that as the trilogy went on in some people's estimations. Like some people say that about um rise of skywalker for sure but they were really trying to make it like like it's there for a reason it's not just there because we're doing it mm. um and i thought that was a really good line it was nice to see that they were at least thinking about that stuff whether it worked for you or not yeah. like it's it's there in they are thinking about it yeah um <laughs> Jeremy Kelly has yeah last last summer was it was hot fill tippet summer um absolutely um it's seeing seeing the new kids were on there I when when you're seeing the behind the scenes interviews of Daisy and John in particular I they look so young obviously they I mean they're those two are both five years younger than me um one of them was born in March one of them was born in April like three days later than me I can't remember which way around um five years they're both 92 i'm 87 and so like they are they were kids when they were filming this they're like 21 when they're they're making this film yeah and it's it's crazy to think about that now and seeing the enthusiasm they talk about how john boyega was like one of the biggest Star Wars fans that they brought onto the project 
um yeah. daisy ridley was basically unknown I'm, and f- finding her was the biggest challenge i'm kind of hoping this new episode 10 or whatever it's going to be called i'm yeah, hoping Jedi, i'm gonna, hoping like, they're both i'm hoping great. they're both back and i'm hoping that um they're they're excited about it again i because watching I them daisy excited is, in this made me bummed that they yeah. aren't now I think uh, Daisy I, is. I'm... I think Daisy's got there. I think she maybe wasn't immediately after Rise of Skywalker, but she she got there. Um, whether that's feel just like a, if... a career reasons I... or whatever, but yeah. yeah, I feel like John Boyega is in a position to where um, he could find out what his role is going to be in the next one. Yeah, and if he's in the next movie, it means he's happy about it. If he's not, that means he wasn't happy with what they brought to the table. So if he's in it, I'm assuming he will have seen what they've done with his character, and he's happy about it. So um, the news this week was because a couple of weeks ago it was reported that like Daisy and Kathy Kennedy and like everyone involved in that movie um, are like they're actively trying to get him on board, um, like using the the friendship between him and daisy that seems to still be there like like using that as a hey look i'm coming back like it's gonna be good i really like we can do this and we'd really love you to be back we understand if you don't want to um and then the the news this week was that he has i think reportedly said that he is open to it but so that that lends itself to that that thing of like it's. I think it's in the same way that Donald Glover said about the Lando series. Like, we'll do it if, when it's right. Whereas this is John right. saying, "I'll come back if it's right," um, right. and that's good. Right. I think that's a great position. That's the thing. I mean, the, the the sort of promise of the Force Awakens and what this did was, um, and Lawrence Kasdan says it. Like he's a he's a ex stormtrooper, and that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And they really don't play on that ever again i know the rise no. of skywalker has janna and there's a little bit of there's like maybe one scene where they discuss that but it's kind of like uh, he when he did the first one of course he's going to do it anyone mm-hmm. would do it it's yeah, a great opportunity and usually when that happens you sign a three picture thing so you can make sure that so that you're available for all three movies and you don't really get a say in what the future of that character you might but it doesn't seem yeah. it doesn't seem I feel that like way. the young actors so, of their their level where they were in their careers at that yeah. time they probably didn't they got they got like spoken to like jj goes out of his way and they both said like jj talked to us and he's like like are you ready for what this will be because yeah. it's star wars it will take over your life like you got to yeah. look at the cautionary tales of jake lloyd hayden christensen like natalie portman to an extent like it's there are ways that you can come through this and mark it hamill. doesn't have mark hamill it doesn't have to define who you are for the rest of your career yeah. but you will always be known for it no matter right. what you will always be that guy in the star wars film um yeah. and it's i mean anyone who comes onto a star wars film especially that young it's you it's brave it's a brave decision because right. like right. yeah you're always going to be associated with that now um but they both seemed excited. They were both into it. They were both looking forward to what the future would bring. Uh, I do think that Finn was underserved through the tr- rest of the trilogy completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? If they if they come back around it like, and they do him justice, all worth it. I feel like yeah. Now it's it's a it's completely his decision. Yeah, 
And I think that's great. he's not gonna. What I don't a, think he'll. I don't think he'll make that. He. I don't think he'll agree to join no. if he doesn't think it's good for his character. So I agree. I'm excited. Agree. I want them to be excited again. I really I do. do. Too. I do too. Um, I mean, being on stage at celebration, it's easy to be excited. I'm sure that like Daisy really was, and I'm sure that in a similar way, I don't think she would have bothered wanted to come back if she wasn't excited about doing it if she wasn't interested in the what they were talking they obviously they don't have a script or anything yet but like the ideas that they're throwing around of what it is what they're going to do with her character um i so hearing that great i i'm i'm all in like and then force goes ben force goes ben solo like i i feel like i i'm hoping that we really get a um I, i i like the dyad of the force concept and i I think it would be nice to continue that i think it would be nice to it doesn't um, need to go away with she's struggling if she's struggling on her own um if she has issues with the dark side because of who she is i think the perfect it would be perfect for her to continue to have that dyad um Mm -hmm. with with ben solo and 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 sort of work out those struggles um i mean you know i don't know i don't know it could be anything but i just again want to see all these people happy uh, i want it to be one of those things where if adam driver's like hey this is a cool idea i want to come back if people are willing to come back that means that they have faith in the story that they're that's going to be told and yeah. um I, 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 that or, makes me excited yeah. for them to see them excited again because they look they're all so excited in this one Man, so 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 I mean, yeah, because oh my god, Gwendolyn Christie is a joy in these interviews. She's so so good. She reminds me of um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge in like interviews and stuff when you see them talking. Like, not in terms of their their performances or anything like that, but I think it's just they both have a similar sort of cheeky fun way about them that I I enjoy. They 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 seem they seem great um she's she's really fun uh i like that they did talk about it they didn't go into much detail but we have seen uh andy circus talking about doing mocap plenty of times we've seen it in i think every film that he's ever been in he's talked about yeah. helping in that but seeing him helping lupita nyongo um find maz Kanada and perform as maz Kanada was really interesting like you don't get Andy Serkis without asking him to do that as well. Like I'm sure that he got a second payday for helping on that side of things as well. Or it's Star Wars. Um, he might've just been willing to do it. Yeah. Maybe or they were doing maybe. all the, uh, all the mocap of effects shots at the same time. Um, and he's just, there. it did kind of bum me out because I mean, everybody knows Andy Serkis for being like this sort of pioneer in motion capture and stuff. And then so I was like, I just like... felt so bad for Ahmed best. I'm like, you guys got to get him in there. He 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 worked firsthand with George Lucas and John Nolan, all these guys like developing the that stuff. Like yeah, yeah. And this is and Andy Serkis is kind of the go-to yeah. person. And it's like, I mean, you're Lucasfilm, you're Star Wars, your family. You got to yeah. get you got to get Ahmed Best in there. Um, uh, he, that's I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I feel like with the amount of shit that got dumped on him again known for star wars and yep. it was unfortunately a thing that people hated but i mean with him coming back in the mandalorian it's like let's let's he's he's it. i think i think best. he's back in the family now like after yeah. um the jedi temple trials and then in mando 
I like that Mando doc that we watched a few weeks ago. It made it sound like, yeah, no, we're we're, we're going to see him again. Don't worry, like he's he's going to be back in the next season, probably of Mando, when we get more of Grogu's flashback or whatever. But let's let's do more. Let's see more of um, Keller and Beck and things like that. Like, yeah, it, that'd be great. Um, seeing him back in the fold is is lovely. Again, it's that it's the family aspect of Lucasfilm, which is is good, right? So I don't have a ton more to talk about in this dog. I don't have any more to talk about. No. Cool. How are you doing on your Rebels rewatch? Rebels rewatch. We are coming up to the end of season two. Um, okay. Liz is at another festival this weekend, so we won't be able to watch any more then. Um, okay. But yeah, we're we're getting there. We should be done by the by time Ahsoka. we get to Ahsoka. Yeah, because again, like I showed Liz that trailer, and she's like, "Yeah, that looks really good. I want to watch that." But and I was like. You gotta yeah, get I mean, there's some, there's some spoilers in even in that trailer, but like you don't know it. But she was excited to see yeah. Sabine and Hera and Chopper and things like that. She was like, "Oh, cool, it's those guys." Um, yeah, because she didn't watch Mando. She's not interested in Mando, but like she watched and loved Andor yeah. and Obi Wan. She really enjoyed. So like, this is one that she's like, "No, oh, I want to watch that. That looks good." So it's cool. Okay, cool. So in two weeks, my pick is going to be Rogue One. Nice. Have we not done Rogue, Rogue One? One? We haven't we, done Rogue we, One, have we? we haven't We've been Rogue holding One. off on yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think we're going to go that direction. The nah, reason why we're holding fine. off, I don't got to bother him. Um, nah. um, as we're talking, I'm going to see him on Sunday. So cool. That's good. I mean, um, we, uh, <laughs> yeah, if we, you can just um, get some quotes. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll ask him some Rogue One questions. Cool. Uh, but I, uh, we, we are in our rewatch. We watched an episode that mentioned Krennic, Kyber crystals, uh, Saw Gerrera's in it, uh, Yavin's in it, and um, oh shit, there's another thing uh, uh, that was mentioned. Oh, the the Death Troopers are in it. It's like yep. I'm watching this episode. I'm like, oh shit, Rogue One's in production as they're doing this Rebels, and I'm like, because I just finished watching the Force Awakens thing, and I'm like, oh, I kind of want Rook watch is in that episode as well. If, if if you're where I think you are, like Rook uh, is in it as well, I believe. I'm not sure. Thrawn's, Thrawn's like henchman. So I'm reading the, the Thrawn trilogy at the moment where he's a major yeah. player. Um, and I, this will be my first watch of Rogue One since reading Catalyst again, which is the, the, mm. the prequel. So like, I'll, I'll have yeah. some juicy extra bits for, so, for Rogue One. So I'm sitting there watching, because after watching the making of Force Awakens, I'm like, I want to watch Force Awakens. And then um, I watched uh, this morning, I watched uh, that Rebels, and there's so much Rogue One stuff in it. And I'm like, I want to watch Rogue One. Yeah. And I'm like, let's do it. And I'm thinking the week after we do our Rogue One episode is a Data Link episode, which is, is the last episode before Ahsoka. Do you want to do a Rebels episode of Data Hell Link? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, should we do All like right. the, the last like bit of um We'll just Rebels? talk about Rebels. Yeah, Let's just Rebels, Rebels in general. Yeah, cool. Yeah. 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 Nice. So I don't know what we're doing on Data Link next week. Um but uh catch us this week on Invincipod. That's on Friday. Yes. We're covering the Adam Eve special, which I have I haven't watched yet. I might I do it tonight. Yet. I was I was gonna, yeah, watch, I it. To get I was gonna this... watch it and then watch it again. But um I yeah, I want so to watch this news, first, do this, and, and then, then yeah, we got there's other stuff with Invincible, not just Atomy. Uh but I'm off so on Friday, so we can question. go for long if we need to. Go for it. Invincible starts November third. I'm off. 
and they're dropping four episodes. Are they? Okay. Yeah. When does Ahsoka end? Because uh, it might be a huge doing... clusterfuck. They're doing... Hang on, I can work this out. They're doing two episodes of Ahsoka, two. so okay. that'll be Which seven we're gonna, weeks. We're going to cover one in one episode. Yeah. It'll be seven weeks of Ahsoka, so that starts on the 30th. So that'll be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That should end uh, October 18th. So we've got okay. two no weeks. No overlap. Two weeks and then no Invincible. Uh, I'm off. On, okay, so here's my, my November schedule looking at it. I'm off, <laughs> okay. I'm off November 3rd. I'm off November 4th. And I'm off November 5th. So okay, so those we can do one a day. You want to do we one do a day? One a day, or like we'll we'll get all four of those episodes out that that opening that weekend of Invincible. Um, okay, we'll do that. We'll we'll figure uh, out the exact scheduling of it later, but like yeah, we'll have okay. them out. So just as far as live action Star Wars goes, yeah. I, once Invincible starts November third, I think we're not going to do data links. Yeah, no, that's that's fact. I I'm think cool I that. think we'll we'll still we'll still hit our every other week, yeah. and those episodes are probably going to be like a commercial for something something chill like <laughs> they'll be, be kind of like a data show. link but like well we'll talk about something it'll be every other week yeah, and yeah, you'll yeah. get it on your audio feeds and things like that yeah yeah so yeah soka starts in august right yeah Which johnny says 20... 23rd 23rd august 20 yeah that's yeah what yeah, yeah, okay. So it finishes even earlier then. Yeah, I, I was looking at the okay. following. Yeah. One, two, three, We're four, good. five, six, seven. October just, 4th. I was just hoping that uh, we wouldn't overlap. We've got nearly a month like in between. It's October 4th yeah. then that Ahsoka should finish. And I think I saw a new Rockstars that it was a four episode drop for Invincible on day one. Maybe. It's so. like it's Amazon. They normally do uh, like between two and four. Three. So yeah. Yeah, I um, think it was three last time, but it was. Yeah, but I'll do one a day. I'll do one yeah. a day. So yeah. uh, I, 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 like as much as I love Star Wars, mm-hmm. I find I really. Whenever we get invincible news, I get so excited. Like it's right now it's because we don't talk about it all the time. I think that's what it is. It's, it's the been two years though. since the last new episode, yeah. and that's the thing is, is like I'm like as excited I as am for Ahsoka. Uh, it's nothing compared to Invincible. Wow. Because there's so much Star Wars and there's only yeah. eight Invincibles. Yeah. That came out two years ago, over two years ago. That's so odd. Yeah. And there's yeah. a new, I don't know how long the, the Adam Eve special is. It might be five minutes for all I know. But um, I think uh, I haven't watched it. I've, I've got, yeah. Yep. I've got it ready to go. Like, it's so weird, isn't it? We're both so excited about it, but neither of us have sort of pressed play on it yet. Um, I'm ready I've to been go. Busy. I've been busy. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, um, I'm I'm ready to go on it though. I'm psyched for Friday. Yeah. 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 We'll reach out uh, to all I'm... three of those guys and see if they want to join us. Awesome. That'd be great. Um, let's wrap it up. I've got to go to work. We will yeah. see you guys on Invincipod on Friday and back here for a data link next week. Um, right. Regular sure. time. I might be late, so I think I'm off next Wednesday. Yeah, just stay, just uh, just keep an eye on uh, on liveactionstarwars.com, our YouTube channel, to find out what we'll be covering. Yeah, um, but I don't yeah, think there'll be any homework. The, involved. the live action, the live action Star Wars Twitter account is always still there as well for now, um, and Instagram. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can find us there if you're on Blue Sky yeah. already. Uh, come follow us. If you're not, <laughs> we'll get you there eventually. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, until next, well, until Friday. Uh, don't give it to hate.
Celebrate the love. Fuck <laughs> yeah.